This program is a proud member of Univaz. Unified, unique, voices. Learn more at univazpods.net. Hello, my name's Patrick, and I'm a Scream Queen. I'm a Scream Queen, and so are you! my beautiful screamers and welcome to another episode of scream queens it's the podcast where horror gets gay this is episode 328 and tonight prepare yourself as we blast off into the deepest crevices of outer space to battle the queen of blood it's a 1966 chiller thriller starring that ageless uber hunk john saxon and my special guests are those bearded hunks from Death Job Gorgeous, Michael Ahern, Christopher Delpy, and Brandon Perro Sanchez. But before we go a step further, please allow me to introduce myself. My name is Patrick Walsh, and ever since 2010, I've been your guide to the weird and wonderful world of horror movies. But, but little one, you're going to have to see them through my very, very gay little eyes. And oh boy, is this movie tonight going to get gay. It is gay camp heaven, and you are going to love it. I took this space mission solo. Many, many years ago, but this time I'm going to do it with friends. This time I'm going to do it with a bunch of bearded hunks. Only one of us will survive, and only one of them will be the father of my child. What? I don't know what I'm saying. You know what that means? It just means, I think, you know what, I think it's winter is cold now. Wait till you get to the depths of space. But while we're out there, beware the eyes that hypnotize, because it's time to start the Queen of Blood. Queen of Blood. A tantalizing, mystifying enigma. She's gorged herself with fresh blood. She's a monster. We have a good supply of blood plasma with us. We'll use that to feed her. And if we run out of plasma, Commander? It's the last episode of 2021, my beautiful screamers. And so, to celebrate, we are kicking off on a mysterious voyage into the deepest, darkest recesses of Uranus. We're going to space for New Year's, kids. And there's no fun. It's no fun at all being trapped in a spaceship by yourself. So I have not one, not two, but three bearded hunks coming with me. You know them. You love them. You've met them before. They are the people who made Death Drop Gorgeous. They are currently making a new horror movie called St. Drogo. And they're all looking at me really funny right now, so we're going to introduce them. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and my GNCs, wherever you may be, please welcome back to Scream Queens, Michael Ahern, Christopher Dalpy, and Brandon Perez Sanchez. <laughs> Hi, boys. <laughs> welcome back. Hello. Thank was, you. Thank you so much. Hi. Such a delight to have. Happy holidays. Thanks, and you too. You're welcome. Nothing says happy holidays like blasting off into space with a blood-sucking creature from hell. You and John Saxon's not a bad uh, bad person to go to space with either. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we'll get into that. He was that. definitely my favorite part. <laughs> yes. How are you boys doing? How are things We're surviving. Like, uh, it looks like COVID's doing another great uptick in our community. But uh, for the most part, I think we're, we're hanging in there. <laughs> yeah, we should get the hell out. It's a perfect time for us to go to space then, right? Actually, yeah, yeah. Well, good, 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 good. Okay, so the movie that we are talking about today is a little ditty from 1966 called Queen of Blood. Actually, it also could be called Queen of Blood, colon, the Christopher Dalpy story, but that's not the point right now. But <laughs> um, this is a movie that was made for teenagers to make out to, but now I'm finding that middle-aged gay men find it hilarious. Um, 
Before we go a step further, we have a little game that I like to play here on Scream Queens. And since Christopher and Brandon have been here much more frequently than Mike Ahern has, I'm going to make Michael do it. <laughs> Mike. <laughs> Too bad. I don't want to play. You should have thought started that before we boarded the ship. No, no, we literally just did. Um, the... I don't remember signing a waiver for this. You literally just did. Ah, ha, 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 ha. Don't worry, it's painless. Mike, Mike, Mike. I know okay. that was... These two got through it and they survived, so it can't be that difficult. I need you to give me a nice, tight, 30-second, back-of-the-DVD plot summary of Queen of Blood. Don't pitch me the whole script. Like, Imagine I'm a movie, like a movie producer in an elevator. You've got 30 seconds. And the clock says, no! Um, I feel like I tried this last time with Death Drop and I did a bad job and then you made fun of me, so I'm definitely setting up for failure. <laughs> 15 seconds of complaining. So uh, an unintentional, unintentional slow burn that was hilariously not accurate about what 1990 was going to look like that involves a green woman who may or may not be sucking the blood <laughs> of really dumb space people. Mike, I let you go over because that was fabulous. <laughs> okay. I'm getting better at log lines. The elevator speech pitch. I, I, I charge you for that. It's practice for later when, you, when you're famous, when you're getting famous. See, I'm going to have to disagree with you there because you said it was like a movie. I'm going to say this is, a, this is an accurate historical document of 1990. <laughs> Picture it. Wilson Phillips were begging us to hold on. Guns and Roses were knock, knock, knocking on heaven's door, and MC Hammer just couldn't touch nothing. Everyone was walking around in these white. Remember, remember, that time? remember how we were all walking around in those white quilted jackets Ugh. all the time and mustard yellow everything. Such a fun time. <laughs> Such a fun time. I I was gonna say like I love watching old sci-fi movies that predict what it's gonna look like in years that have already passed us, and now we aren't. Yeah, we're not even close at all. It's like, no, it's easy to get to the moon regularly in 1990. <laughs> uh, beginning of quarantine, I was watching a lot of these older sci-fi movies just to fall asleep because they usually got really boring really quick because they spent a lot of time just doing space stuff that has nothing to do with anything and they don't get it right and it doesn't look good. Like every space stuff had every space movie had the same chain of events. They blast off. They run into a meteor shower. People throw popcorn at the ship. Everybody gets scared. They, there's a solar flare. It's boring. And then eventually it gets a planet and something eventually happens. <laughs> um, when you said that it was a piece of historical fiction, um, when I was reading about it online, it seemed it sounds like a lot of it was reused Soviet Union footage. So it like there is actually a lot of like the good cinematography in it there. It, it apparently was borrowed by from the Soviet. Mm -hmm. That's my dog. <laughs> well, it's one of the things I find interesting about this movie is that it's gorgeous to look at sometimes. It is. Like everything from the Soviet Union is gorgeous. It, basically, if you're watching the movie and everything looks great, it's used footage from a Soviet Union film. If it looks cheap and chintzy around the edges, it's Roger Corman. Notorious escape. <laughs> oh, is this a Roger Corman movie? Um, yeah, he, yeah, he co-directed oh, it. I didn't even notice he co -directed that. Co-directed it with uh, Samuel Zarkov. Okay, Another okay. cheapskate. The Pinot Zarkov on my show. <laughs> <laughs> can't see me below the shoulders i've been zarking off the whole time stop that stop it boy stop it nasty but you might be sitting there wondering what's so gay about this movie I'm like, besides everything <laughs> everything i think they could have went gayer oh they could oh please i found at least three different there's like three different gay romances happening throughout this thing which is which i love there's so many triangles on this ship there's only four people but three triangles I, admit, I just want to toss out that, that um, this movie was directed by Curtis Harrington. Curtis Harrington directed two of my favorite made-for-TV 1970s horror movies. Devil Dog, Hound from Hell, starring our favorite opiate addict, addict Kim Richards, from uh, The Real, uh, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, and The Cat Creature, starring Meredith Baxter Burney. But he also did a whole bunch of those, what they love to call hag mm. horror films. He did Who Slew Andy Rue, What's the Matter with Helen?, mm. And uh, how awful about Alan? Which technically wasn't a hag movie, but it was, it was, you know, it was Anthony Perkins. He's kind of a hag. Who slew Auntie Rue was great. That was a fun one. That's a trip. That's a trip. And, of course, it starts the eternal hunk, hunking up horror for like six decades, John Saxon. Mm -hmm. It's always a treat. They can't. Yeah. They can't oh. see hand gestures. <laughs> I appreciate both, both Michael and I are giving good John Saxon vibes. 
<laughs> that hand gesture was very rude, sir. That was very rude. How dare you make a gesture to me on my own show? <laughs> oh, right. I've no, 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 no. I'm making, the, I'm making them think you gave me the finger, which you didn't. But you could later for a dollar. Like, Wait, you're not, we're not allowed to do this anymore. The okay oh. symbol. Play some Pride Boys so crap. Um, what is it now? It's a. Oh. It's Spear the Hoop. It used to be, oh, it used to be yeah. a fun game, but now it's now it's racist. Oh, okay. Okay. So still... <laughs> Thank you. No, this is an educational podcast. Since when? Not on my show. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing that makes this fabulous is that you, you have this interstate interspace voyage and it's all the same kind of crap. And then all of a sudden they pick up this alien who is essentially a drag queen from outer space who spends the rest oh, of the yeah. movie eye fucking everybody to death. And it's fabulous. <laughs> yeah, I, I love that she actually doesn't say one goddamn word. She is all eyes, all mouth the whole movie. She don't and need tits. it. I mean, I have to give her props for the tits. Those things were like, yeah. oh, and you definitely got nipple. Like you definitely get nipple. Excuse me, space nipple. Different. It's different. <laughs> Nipples in space. Zero gravity. Things. Okay, so <laughs> the film opens, and actually, I love the the opening too. Like the op- the opening credits are even fabulous with all these those weirdo paintings, yeah. psychedelic, strange visions of other world. And I I have the guy's name, and it's buried in my notes, and I can't find it. And I'll fix it in post. I won't fix it in post because I never remember to fix anything in post. But that's not the point right <laughs> now. Um. So. <sighs> It's 1990. We're at the International Institute of Space Technology. Well, what's going on? Set the scene. What's going on? Who do we meet? Who's there? Honestly, it was a little confusing. <laughs> I could give a general plot summary. Like, where, like you have a bunch of uh, well-intentioned white people who are all um, discussing <laughs> their studies that they've been listening to space. And finally, somebody catches uh, a tune from a far off land that might be the sign of intelligent life. So think contact. The whole yeah. beginning of the movie's contact, just a very different version. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One of the things I loved it, the fact like we, I was making fun of the fashions, because since they're all a part of this institute of technology, everybody's dressed the same. For the most part, you see a couple of people walking around in different colors, but for the most part, the main cast is all wearing mustard yellow and these horrible prints. And the woman playing Laura, she's got this skirt on. With the biggest fucking zipper right up the crotch. That's future fashion of 1990. Well, that that part that they got right, because zippers were really big in the 90s. It, right, like p- pussy zippers? I don't remember pussy zippers. Like normally, <laughs> normally zippers for skirts are in the back or on the side. All of my skirts are in the back or on the side, thank you very much, because I'm a lady. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we meet Alan and we meet, Laura and you know Laura's fabulous and she they, they clearly have a thing going on they're very affectionate she's been reading all the signs and there's oh this 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 scientific life you can tell they're a cute little couple they're adorable to me cute we've been picking up these signals now for three days Dr. Faraday thinks they're from a planet within our galaxy but beyond our solar system what does he think it might be a form of communication well they're different from anything we picked up before they're working on some tapes that I've made now trying to see if they can decipher it they're all having lunch. I do love that John Saxon has a line complaining about how there's no banana splits in space. That's the one bad thing about space trips, no banana splits. No matter what they say about that exobiologic food, it tastes terrible. <laughs> yep. That's how you knew we were dealing with real, real scientists in this movie. Fair complaint. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, please, yes. Oh, yeah. Because you know that's what it Elon actually Musk sounds legit. About. <laughs> He's not going to quit until there's a banana split store on the moon. Yeah, yeah no. I've... <laughs> Just banana split. <laughs> but then they, in the middle of the lunch, um, everything gets interrupted because there's a special announcement. Everyone must must come to the whatever. It's basically like, uh, don't cry for me, Argentina, but with Basil Rathbone. As many of you know, for several weeks now, we have been receiving organized signals from a far galaxy. This morning, our code experts finally deciphered the message these signals contain. It's a most extraordinary, extraordinary document. document. It's very long. I'm, I'm not, not going, going to read it to you, but uh, I, would I would like you to have the gist of it. It informs us that they are dispatching a spaceship to bring their ambassador to our planet Earth. They, they believe our Atmospheric conditions will support their form of life, which apparently is similar to our own. 
Yeah, speaking of Echo, his his entire audio was Echo. Oh, shit, I just said Echo and my Echo. (laughs) It's a chain of horrible events that transpire now. It's going to order you 800 copies of Queen of Blood on DVD. <laughs> Banana split. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I loved, but like Basil's character was like, he was like cutthroat and like kind of a like total D-bag, like sociopath level that I, I did enjoy. Yeah. Yeah. And if you don't know who Basil Rathbone is, Basil Rathbone was most famous for playing Sherlock Holmes in like every movie in the 1930s and 40s. He was also in... um. Comedy of Terrors with Vincent Price, Son of Frankenstein, The Black Cat. So, yeah, he's a long, healthy Ooh. horror career. <laughs> this is that great. was the vibe he was giving me was Vincent Price the whole time. Yeah. Right? The little mustache and his severity. He, it was very Vincent. If you couldn't afford Vincent, you could always get Basil. <laughs> Put that on a T-shirt. <laughs> People be like, Basil? No, Basil. You don't get it. Forget it. You're fired. Um, <laughs> and he's come up with... <laughs> He's come up with the great news that they've been able to translate this message that they've been getting repeatedly, like every three days from space. My favorite thing about this is that he's called thousands of people together like they had to drop their lunch. Dennis Hopper is in this movie, too, and he's very adorable. He really young Dennis Hopper. He's one of the astronauts. And he, he literally gets his ass down on that bench to dig into his lunch, and he has to leave it all behind to go run and have Basil Rathbone preach from the balcony of the Casa Rosada like Ava Perone. The thousands of people gathered together, and he's like, we finally translated the message from space. It's really long, so I'm not going to read it to you. <laughs> but, but basically, what I think it says is, like, you're a dick. You're, you're right. You're, I'm a sociopath. That's what I think. What does the message say? Help. Is it just help? I can't remember. <laughs> we're coming. We're coming to see you. This is the day we're coming. We've been monitoring for a long time. We're an intelligent species with a biology very similar to yours. And we're going to have first contact. Hooray! Prepare, prepare, prepare. What I love about the Russian footage, too, I mean, it's gorgeous. It's less, you can tell everything's miniatures. Like, you see a lot of stuff, what's happening on the alien side of things as well. And everything there is dark and creepy and unusual and strange. But... These scenes where you're seeing people awaiting the big day, they're everybody gathering on the beach, the tint on everything is really <laughs> cool. Like, it's not Earth, but it it's cool. great. It looks gorgeous. Very strange. Everything's wonderful. But then it comes <laughs> anything with the regular cast. It's like, and here's another cardboard set. Because <laughs> <laughs> you go from these wonderful, uh, you know, brightly colored Russian things and their gorgeous matte paintings. <laughs> and... <laughs> And then you'll have John Saxon standing in front of a porthole window with like a with some like watercolor that they picked up at the church garage sale. Maybe that was so intentional to be like Earth is drab, like Earth is boring. Like look at this fantastical universe that exists. Well, I mean, it's not like it's not like I mean the, the alien technology was really advanced and strange because everything up there is like these sinister looking orbs and and hard, jagged, sharp edges and stuff. And here on Earth, everything seems to be running on Pop-O-Matic technology. <laughs> <laughs> like the game Trouble. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's how you get them banana splits. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that happened a lot in these movies. This Pop-O-Matic look with these plastic orbs with nothing in it was in all the space yeah. movies. I don't know what that was supposed to do. <laughs> There's a lot of people sitting around looking at it. It does nothing. It lets it line up as shit. But hey, I, I'm not a scientist. What do I know? So the big day arrives. What happens? Exactly. This shit like a- happens. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody comes, but somebody drops a giant ping pong ball in, in, in the sea yeah, yeah. with another message that says, Christopher, what does it say? Help. <laughs> I got this part. I knew that part. Uh, because uh, the there was a bunch of solar flares from the sun, and it caused the aliens to crash land on Mars. Yes. Yep. Yes. But there was only one sole survivor. Remarkable. Crash landing on Mars. And this is their SOS. We are obviously in touch with beings who have a very highly evolved technology. You think their ship was destroyed, Doctor? No, I don't. I think there's an excellent chance that there may be survivors. But we haven't received any more signals now for three days. Well, that may mean merely damaged equipment. What I'm interested in is the possibility that these extraordinary creatures who have sent us this video log of their disaster may, at this instant, 
be waiting for us to rescue them. Well, this is all kind of bullshit stuff anyway. I'm just kind of going to skim through this till we get to the good stuff. So basically, okay, so there's a big frantic race. Okay, we got to get to Mars. We got to save them. We've got to save them. We can't wait six months. We got to get out of there. No, but we're not ready. We haven't, we haven't been to Mars yet. We're only about to go to Mars. Like, I don't care. We're going anyway. I love that conversation, though, because basically they're like, we can't do this rescue mission. This is too dangerous. We don't have enough fuel. You'll all die. And the guy was like, no, we're just going to land on the moon of Mars. And, the, and then like the other scientist was like, not a bad idea. <laughs> what I love about this too is that well, they're they're figuring all this stuff out. Is, is that they go to the moon to figure this out? Because that's like a way station or like a, a halfway point. They already have there's already stuff happening on Mars, but they have paper moon money. I haven't got any coins. All I have is paper moon money. <laughs> I don't have any coins. I just have paper moon money. I'm John Saxon. Hey. Um that scene is happening that Christopher was just talking about where he's like, no, we can go over here. We're like, we don't have to go directly to Mars. If we go to the moon, we'll have enough, the moon of Mars, we'll have enough fuel. They're pointing at this map that's like a velvet painting from the 70s. It's got like Zodiac symbols all over it. I'm like, oh, yeah, A nice black velvet poster. <laughs> exactly. Like, you know, if the lights turn off, yeah. it would glow. <laughs> black light. <laughs> it's the future. Everything should glow. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Um, but there's trouble on the horizon because, okay, we've got oh, – Laura's already been on the moon. John Saxon's coming on the moon. She's expecting to be on the flight to go to Mars. They tell her the last minute, oh, you're not going. <laughs> Sorry, we've got other plans. Well, actually, you're going. You're going. He's not going. He's going somewhere else. Doctor, I, I just received my orders. Oh, good. Yes, yes. Are you, are you pleased? Of course. But I was hoping that Alan Brenner would be on my flight, and I was wondering... I'm sorry, Laura. I'm afraid there's nothing I can do about it. The balance of personnel for this key flight has been most carefully worked over. We shall undoubtedly send Brenner on the Oceano, too. I see. It's a great honor that's been bestowed on you, Laura, and I don't mind telling you now that I was one of those who recommended you. I appreciate that. Dr. Faraday. Dr. Faraday. And so there's, uh, there's crying and boohooing and horrible matte paintings. Because basically, they give no reason. I'm just like, I probably because there's no boinking allowed in space. You need to go and start yeah. boinking. You're going to throw the whole ship off the trajectory. We can't, and plus, you know, we can't have you ovulating up there. The, you know, queen of blood does not refer to your menzies, lady. Sit down. <laughs> <laughs> not on my ship. <laughs> so her ship blasts off to go to rescue the people, on, the space people on Mars. And we get to meet some of the rest, get to know some of the rest of the cast better, like Dennis Hopper's character, Paul, and the gay captain. Oh, you thought? Oh, <laughs> oh I clocked that bitch the second he came on screen. <laughs> I thought he was just European. Well, yeah. So, yeah. Well, do you remember that website, gay or like lesbian or European, <laughs> wherever that was? I actually, I used to play the. I used to play that every summer mm -hmm. when I lived in Boston mm -hmm. on the T. That's like what you do. It's like gay or European. Should we do it in Times Square too? Like, mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> and I, this is how I clocked him. We zoom in on the interior of the spaceship. We have Dennis Hopper like doing the ship's log, reading it out. And the Captain Miss Thing is sitting there reading his little book, legs crossed, at the knees, like a lady. <laughs> And he finishes and he goes, oh, Paul, that was wonderful. Maybe you should have poetry published when we get back to Earth. I was like, oh, <laughs> this is why you didn't want John Saxon on the ship. It's because you're secretly in love with Paul and don't want the competition. Because if John Saxon's on the ship, nobody's going to notice you, Captain. Well, sir. But, but then Laura cock blocks that almost immediately by throwing yeah. shade. She's like, oh, yeah, you should get this published. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> for being a completely emotionless character uh like most of them i was like i appreciated that she was a little sassy i love i loved a lot it's kind of a thankless role but i loved a lot about laura first of all like i did queen out at certain certain moments. i was like oh, her boots <laughs> she had those little silver bitch boots i was like oh yes girl yes but big um, pretty much for the whole movie that fucking captain is always making her do everything <laughs> 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 well, they, well, they they hit a solar flare 
because of course it actually is important to the plot because normally these things that all the shit that happens in space is just nonsense to get kids excited about space <laughs> but paul is not coming out of it well and he's having trouble breathing and he's like laura laura go do this and go get the oxygen and then fix up this machine i'll stay here and take care of paul <laughs> oh paul i give you all no keys but please my paul when they finally do land on the fucking Mart of moon of mars he's like laura's like i'll suit up and he's like no 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 honey you sit down paul and i are gonna go for a walk on the moon together <laughs> <laughs> she's like great i'll just run the fucking ship should like i vacuum <laughs> <laughs> But to be fair, I mean, they, they treated her a lot better than a lot of the women that I see in these old sci-fi movies. They, I think it was It, the terror from beyond space. All the women are scientists, but then at a certain point, they all put on aprons and started serving tea and cookies to the tent on the little rolling carts. I'm like, really? <laughs> really? <laughs> really? <laughs> wow. Amazing. I, I don't want to skip too far ahead, but I think Laura's – my favorite line in the movie is from Laura mm. after multiple people have died or been abandoned – and then she finally goes, this is the first time I'm actually afraid. I'm like, so many people have been murdered, but she just like nails that line. of like, now, now I'm afraid. I had, my reaction to that line was, because she says it to John Sachs, she's like, I'm really afraid now for the first time. Well, don't be. Don't worry. She hates you. She's not going to come anywhere near you. She thinks you're gross. <laughs> Yeah, girls are gross. <laughs> girls are gross. This is the moral of the movie. Girls are gross. Okay, so there's lots of nonsense. There's lots of, we have to. This one's got to go here. This one's got to go there. They have to leave one guy behind on a ship. Blah blah blah. Space adventure. None of this is important because we're all just waiting for the big moment for the mm. Queen of Blood to arrive. And Paul and the gay captain go off to go explore the moon, and they find the spaceship. Not where they expect it to be. Oh, it's not on Mars at all. They're here on this moon. What a surprise. Convenient. Convenient. <laughs> and Gay Captain's like, no, no, no. I'll go in and explore the ship. You stay here, Paul. I wouldn't want anything to happen to you. And he explores the ship and he finds this poor alien woman with her head stuck in a birdcage. <laughs> <laughs> Enter Florence Marley, the queen of blood. From the second she came on camera, I'm like, I mm. love her. <laughs> she I can love do her. nothing for the rest of the movie. Now, love everything. Please describe the Queen of Blood for yeah. those who have not seen her. She's she's more like the Queen of Chlorophyll. <laughs> she green. She green. Yeah. Half, half plant, half blonde bombshell. She, uh, <laughs> yeah. she also looked like an early prototype of the mars attacks lady like there was a lot of similarities yeah yeah well this movie was was surprisingly influential like i i think tim burton said he did pull stuff from this movie and i know ridley scott got stuff from alien from this movie and she doesn't say a word but she gives like the best face and it's a single face but she nails it i don't know it's like this weird little sly yeah this <laughs> yeah, is doing it very well smiles. right now it's like a tyra Banks <laughs> smiles of course of course he does because it's because it, it's the christopher delpa story he's related he's related to her he looks like a member of the b-52s <laughs> <laughs> She's very punk rock looking. She's great. She's great. She's a little, what I thought fascinating too, like people don't remember this in 1992. Remember hypercolor clothes? When they change color with the temperatures? Your body temperature. Yeah. 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 A lot of people don't remember that we had hungry hyperclothe too that would change color depending how hungry you are because she's in a bodysuit that changes color depending on what she's eating that is true when she was just in that green latex all of a sudden like that outfit was fantastic. Because it was also like part of her gloves. Like it was yeah. weird. And you know, every time they showed the close up of those gloves, fisting, you know what I was thinking of? <laughs> this is going to sound terrible. Your, your glory hole. <laughs> <laughs> if you haven't seen Death Drop Gorgeous, shame on you. <laughs> we'll come back to rave about your movie when we're done, by the way. Um, I haven't forgotten. <laughs> No, I, 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 even when she's just, they've got her sitting in this chair and she's still got her helmet on. And I'm, what was in her head? Like, what I don't understand how her hairdo was under that, under that 
helmet that they had on because it looks like she's got little gold curlers on. I'm like, is there setting lotion in space? I know their hairspray is because there's hairspray because Laura looks bang and there's hairspray and curlers. Clearly, <laughs> there's at least a curling iron on the ship somewhere. Oh, <laughs> 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 the pop up. All right, you put your hand in the pop up and bang, pop up hairstyle. <laughs> Combination pop up, uh, pop up matic, and fuzzy pumper barbershop from Play Doh. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> it was no fun. You used it once, and then you, <laughs> all the holes clogged up. Yeah, it's all dried up. It's nasty. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I was waiting for somebody. There was too many like weird <laughs> innuendos on that one. <laughs> to clean out your hole after you use your puff. <laughs> Forget it. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't make. Don't kick it up with me. Take it up with Hasbro. Whoever made that shit. Um, yes, but in this scene in particular, they're they're. They're all kind of approaching her at one point to like. That was like a Dennis Hopper's trying to get her to and long scene where he was just like, "This is water. Sip, sip, sip." Yeah. Now you, <laughs> and like back and forth, and then the, then he just kept waving crackers in her face for a very long time, and then being like, "I think the food department's <laughs> going to be more complicated." I think we're going to have a little trouble in the eating department, sir. I'll shoot a spawning through the ship's atmosphere. Is giving her any trouble? No, she seems to be responding fine, sir. Perhaps she is only accustomed to some sort of liquid nourishment. You realize, Paul, that her life pattern may be very different from her own. Mm-hmm. Look at her skin, for instance. It appears to have a high chlorophyll content. She may, in certain respects, be more akin to plant life than animal life as we know it. She may even take in some nourishment from the atmosphere through her skin. Hmm. I keep wondering what she's thinking. Well, Paul, the answers to all these questions science will give us when we bring her back to Earth where they can do adequate tests. I'm like, this is a very long-winded scene to be like, why? <laughs> she doesn't eat solids? I hope it's not because she drinks blood or anything. And John Sykes is like, hey, if only we had banana splits, we'd be fine. Well, wait a while. Much of the, like, nobody is ever uncertain or confused is what baffled me about this. Because, like, sip, sip water, no cracker, please. And they're like, well, maybe she only subsists off only liquids. And, like, the way they just, like, really heavy-handed were like, it's got to be blood. (laughs) It's the title of the movie. (laughs) Queen of Borrowed Plasma. (laughs) But during all of this, like I said before, like everyone has some kind of interaction with her. And when she's particularly when she first gets there and she sees each one of them individually, she's eye fucking yeah. the whole cast. I'm sorry, almost the whole cast the whole time. And it's <laughs> delicious. It's so good. And you think it looks you could you see it could be interpreted as friendly or it could be interpreted as like, I want to suck you so fucking dry right now. That was me Saturday night in the bar. <laughs> that was all of us Saturday night in the bar. <laughs> your journey, your journey is delicious, but not unique. <laughs> it's a, it's, a, it's right. a shared journey for all of us. But she's seeing each one of the each one of the crew. She uh, she sees she sees um uh, what well, Paul uh, Dennis Hopper first. She's like, oh yeah, mm, you're very nice. Mm, uh, um, mm, what a handsome man. Mm, oh oh, hello. Why can I never remember his name? Star of the movie, John. Oh, hello, John Sex. Oh, hello. Hi. Hi. Oh, mm. pursing lips and just looking thirstier and thirstier. Oh, the captain. Oh, this is going to be the best trip ever. And then Laura comes in. <laughs> yeah, she she gave her the stankiest, like, terrified look. <laughs> <laughs> Withering. <laughs> Withering, Claire. <laughs> Oh, Paul, I think you had a logical choice to take care of our passenger. I uh, thought of suggesting it to uh, Laura, but it seems our visitor doesn't get along very well with her own sex. Oh, I don't don't know what the female equivalent of a cock block is, but that was it. That was it. Uh, it appears that she doesn't get along with females like, of the just species. off of the eye contact. Like they make it like mm-hmm. they're like clearly these people don't like women <laughs> or other women. 
she hates you. <laughs> we, would, we would then uh, surmise later <laughs> that that's because what, like, women aren't susceptible to the psychic power. Well, I think we all know that men taste better. <laughs> uh, yeah. Look how quiet the room got. Look how quiet the room got. Look at Mikey's face. You're just telling us about Saturday night in a bar. Now he's all blushy. <laughs> oh, but, no, this is all gay, great camp stuff. It's so much fun to watch. And she's serving face like nobody's business. So good. Um, and there's like, you, you think. If you didn't know the title of the movie, you thought you were in a different movie. Like, oh, this is cute little relationship forming for her, between her and Dennis Hopper. Like he said, that whole thing with the with the food was long and drawn out. But for me, it was more about what was going on between them because she is just locked on him. Like every move he makes is the most fascinating thing. Right. And so I'm more interested in her than actually what they're doing. Oh, my God. Yeah. Find you a lady who looks at you like. I want <laughs> can't again. Um and this was it was during this part that I noticed her her hair was fascinating because okay, it's up in this kind of beehive, but it's got a ridge to it like it was a snap-on wig. <laughs> the future is fa- the future of 1990 <laughs> is a fabulous place. Just snapping on a wig. And she is like a drag queen. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. She's yeah. serving shade without opening her mouth. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Where I was we? wondering what uh, do you think that's just like the sixties, like um that everyone was just smoking everywhere and because I don't she wasn't wearing con you couldn't see contacts. They didn't make her wear mm. contacts, but I'm like, this is like a really bloodshot eye scene. <laughs> well, you know, you, you who knows what fucking makeup they were using or what was in paint. it. You know, we've heard story- yeah, exactly. It was like made from pure asbestos. Mm. Yeah, it must be the mascara, right? Like the mascara must have been causing those like something. Uh, the horrible something. blood. That or a huge cocaine addiction. I don't know. <laughs> okay, I want to go back to the moon for just a little bit because I want to revisit the other gay relationship that I sp- spotted in this in this little tale that we on the moon. Basil Rathbone has also come to the moon. The guy, the guy who runs this, the uh, International Institute of Space Technology. And by Blinks. the way, remind me to come back to that little minute. Hi, Kitty. <laughs> Brandon's showing his pussy on the camera. <laughs> come on, Brandon. It's not that kind of podcast. It really is. <laughs> Aww. Hi, she's being so docile with you right now. <laughs> yeah. Nope, there we she's, go. Oh, she's eye fucking. <laughs> She's she, just, she just fed. She's bloated like a tick. <laughs> no, he was like a little bitch. He jumped oh, on and puppy. just wedged his ass into me until I had to like move over. He just, he's not in a comfortable position. <laughs> yes. Oh. But I'm determined to be here. Okay, where we're, okay, we're back on Basil Rathbone. Bas- Disgusting. Me, Patrick. Disgusting. <laughs> Are we going to get all the mask uh, masticating clips that you had before? Were we recording for that moment? Um, Basil Rathbone has this small group of like five, four or five male scientists that are always around him and they all wear wet matching aqua outfits. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, they're like their groupies. He's like, they're like his groupies. They're like, I don't know what's going on there, but he's like, the way they look at him is all rapture. There's one in particular. There's one in particular that I dubbed chair guy. He was the one in the back on the chair. Every time he's facing the camera, he's serving musical theater face about whatever's going on. When it's good, when it's good news, he's, he's yes, exactly. He's beaming like, so I think they're all on, they're on a fight to fuck, Ooh. fuck the balls down there. Yeah. Um, oh, by the way, it turns out this chair guy that I'm making fun of, uh, that's Forrest Ackerman. Forrest Ackerman, who is the oh. head of Famous Monsters of Film Filmland magazine. That's awesome. <laughs> I wonder if he knows how gay he read in this movie. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's he's they're delivering bad news and he's just sitting like I'm as corny as Kansas in August. I'm as Fourth of July. <laughs> Rogers and Hammerstein face. Okay. What I wanted to say, what I think is great is that this whole thing takes place 
with people from the International Institute of Space Technology, which means that stamped on all of their helmets. And when I did a screening of this, people kept going, does it say fist? Why do they all have fists on their helmets? <laughs> oh, oh, it's ist. It. <laughs> but then it just became fist, and it just made me happy. <laughs> have no fear. Fist is here. We'll save you. Fair maiden of space. <laughs> They all have fists on their helmets except John Saxon because he's not into that. <laughs> he doesn't. He doesn't have one. The way she's looking at all of those men when she first comes on board, teach me. Teach me your ways. <laughs> teach me how to suck. <laughs> yeah. I need your help. And fists, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we don't do that. We fist, and then they fight like the sharks in the jet. <laughs> Crazy, cool, go! <laughs> oh, the line was some sort. She must live on some sort of liquid nourishment. Same girl. Don't we, don't we all? Don't we all? It's like that Rod Stewart rumor that used to go around. <laughs> That keeps moving from person to person. There's so many people that have that rumor about them. Anyway, we're not. This is not that kind of show. We're not going to that. It's gross. Um, it's green. The queen of blood finally shows her true colors. What happens? <laughs> no, no. I mean, what? She's going to. They're going to find out what so, she really is. Uh, what she. What she's really. Her and gentleman who's been feeding her with crackers. So I can't remember his name. Thank you. Um. Uh. She makes Dennis the Hopper, most yes. severe eye contact, the eye contact that would kill you, but apparently it just <laughs> renders you uh, completely paralyzed and, and unable to fight. Um, and then she sucks you dry, but we don't know yet from where. We find that out later. <laughs> Which is weird because in the shot, because her eyes start glowing and ooh, hypno shots mm. and crazy spooky ooh. music and and you see her walk up to him, and then she's doing this with like, yeah, she's blocking her, his body with her head, with her body to the camera, and she's just doing this. So it looks like she's at his neck, but when you find his body, it's his arm, whatever. I don't care. I don't care. None <laughs> of it matters because she's fabulous. She can do whatever she wants. Shoot whatever she wants. So they find the body the next morning. They pack, like, oh my gosh, where's the specimen? Oh no, because we have to get this back to Earth. It's the most important thing in the galaxy. It's the most important scientific find that we have to protect her at all costs, <laughs> even though she just hit one of our crew and they find her full, sprawled full out on her bed. <laughs> yes, taking a nap. Her bodysuit is turned red. She's so full with blood. <laughs> she's wearing those hyper hungry colors that we all had back in 1990. And she, she can't even be bothered. They're all screaming <laughs> and making a big fuss and she's just rolling over like... Mm. <laughs> purr, purr, purr. I do love that in this movie every time John Saxon gets upset his accent comes out she's a monster <laughs> she's a monster yeah it's cute <laughs> I love that accent <laughs> and surprisingly everyone's Really was, chill for a bunch of Christians. Of it was the most unceremonious yeah. funeral I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was the part that, that surprised door. me the most. They're like basically <laughs> threw him into the incinerator, or like back door. But then they're like, "Laura, read the prayer." <laughs> She's like, "Yeah, Jesus, <laughs> please." <take." laughs> <laughs> Past the lips, <laughs> over the gums, look out space. Here he comes. <laughs> no. What was his name again? Poor Paul. But yeah, I guess they, I love that the, the, like, our scientists will still be God fearing folk in the future. They, they, they wouldn't relinquish that one. Oh, <laughs> no, no. Um, and the cap, the captain, of course, is is really not happy for the rest. Of the, I do, I do like the scene where he works out for a bit. That was yeah. fun. <laughs> mm. Oh yeah, 
on one of those. One, my mom had one of those in yeah. 1976. <laughs> the chains. I don't know what they're called, but it was amazing. He's talking about the future of this whole thing. What are we supposed to do? And like, what's the plan? I mean, how are what are we going to do with it? How are they going to sustain this? Because the thing is, it took them literally 30 seconds to get to Mars, and now it's going to take them three months to get back because of that solar flare thing. How are they going to keep this girl, this this new, this evil drag queen from outer space from eating all of them? What's the plan? Stan? Plasma. And then Plasma. Like, but we actually don't have that much, so we'll probably need to feed her with our own blood. <laughs> like, they almost just, they just deadpan deliver that, and Laura's just like... <laughs> you mean mine, right? You mean mine. <laughs> I know, I know the ship goes, I know the ship goes, Captain, because the Captain goes, my boyfriend's dead, and if, I, if I'm in a bad mood, you all suffer. I've Before already bleeded on the inside. One of the things I do like her. about the Captain's response to being like, one of my crew members is dead because this alien drank her blood, but he was not just chill, but like really understanding. He's like, we can't just put human moral <laughs> values of murder on like space creatures, which I actually thought was a solid art. Yeah, I thought it was a solid argument. The, uh, was, like, that was very her. understanding yeah. <laughs> of him. We ought to destroy him right now. Oh no, Alan, she's much too precious for that. Besides, how can we expect her to conform to our ideas of proper behavior? She's not necessarily aware that she has done wrong. Wrong from our point of view, that is. But she's much more than just an animal. She comes from a highly evolved planet. Technologically evolved, yes. But what about their social structure? Moral concepts, as we recognize them, maybe non-existent in their society. They may be some sort of intellectual insect. Which feeds on human beings. Not ordinarily, no. They probably feed on the blood of some lower form of animal life on that planet, as we do on ours. No, not on blood. Oh, Alan, there's such a difference between blood and a rare beefsteak. All right, but what do we do? Right, right. It's like, we don't know anything about her. She may be some kind of intellectual insect. <laughs> and John, yeah, because the other two are not having John's like, so what, we just don't wait around for her to eat us, dude? And he's like, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> She's the most important thing in the galaxy right now. Sorry. Things go on. The captain gets eaten. It's just Laura and John Saxon left. And we have, I'm sorry, I love this movie, but it's such a lame showdown. It's such a lame yeah, showdown. I was just, just going to say, like, <laughs> gives it the they don't know what you're doing. What are you doing? What happens? What happens in the was, showdown? Talk me through. Uh, um, Laura goes to stop the drag queen from outer space by scratching her. It was an accidental. <laughs> it was an accidental in the scratch. back, right? That's that's what, <laughs> accidental scratch. She had she had those long nails. Um, <laughs> and and she down. And she's down. <laughs> that was it. That's all it took. Because she's a they revealed that. And so really that, curious, that right? So <laughs> yeah. our alien queen runs off to the cot and dies in the most uncomfortable position ever, of with your neck up <laughs> on a pillow. Um, but <laughs> yeah. Oh, that actually makes a lot of the hair. Duh. The hair. Um, but they said <laughs> you can't mess up the hair. She must have been royalty. She was a hemophiliac. What's happened to her? No, don't come any closer, Laura. She's dead. Now I know why she wouldn't let us take that blood sample. Why? She's bled to death. All you did was scratch her and she's bled to death. She's a hemophiliac. Perhaps she was some sort of royalty where she came from. A queen, maybe. Were monarchs? Were monarchs and kingdoms? Did they in incest? Did that create hemophilia? Oh, okay. Cool. Yes. Never mind. I yeah, got yeah. it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but also, Although it, just... it is kind of a leap to apply Earth right royalty rules to an alien species. But you know what? They've been through a lot. Yeah. <laughs> They've been through a lot. The aliens must also, yeah, just inbreed too. <laughs> Which is why they had to send this, had to blast this bitch off. But how does inbreeding work when you're just shitting eggs all over the place? <laughs> okay. Christopher Delpy jumped ahead. I was getting at that because of 
How uh, that was my thing. I'm like, okay, there's always somebody awake in this ship, and granted, she's got hypnotic eyes, but how has this woman <laughs> been discreetly depositing, you know, ovulating everywhere on the ship, and nobody is everywhere to be like. That's fucking gross. <laughs> <laughs> Just as I thought, she has them hidden all over the ship. They'll have to tear this ship apart piece by piece and fumigate it. <laughs> <laughs> and I have to say, I know it's a cheap effect, but I love the eggs. The yeah. eggs are great. Yeah. <laughs> the eggs are great. Describe the eggs for me, kid. Little, little water balloons stuck in green jello that just. Fill in, fill out. Fill in, fill out. Yep. (laughs) That's why they sent her. She wasn't just an ambassador. She was a queen. A queen bee. Maybe this is how their society is set up. A queen who does all the breeding. Or maybe their planet was dying and they just sent her to bring her kind to Earth. We have to destroy it. But Alan... Don't you realize what they were trying to do? They they sent her to Earth to find a new feeding ground for her race. To them, we're just animals to be eaten. We can't let these creatures breed on Earth. Alan, that's not for us to decide. Scientists from all over the world have been waiting for us to bring back something living. and They'll keep them under control. They're breathing. They're great. They're great. They're great and gross. And so, uh, there's this dilemma, like, well, John Saxon's like, we have to smash them all, but... Laura's, it's too late. There's too many of them. What's Laura say? <laughs> no. She's like, we can't. Science. Science will know what to do. Will science ever learn, kids? Will science ever learn? <laughs> well, maybe, maybe not. I mean, 1990 was a long time ago. We were mm. way past that. Everybody trusts everything science does now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm just glad we had the, the, the pussy zippers instead of flying cars. Mm. <laughs> come a long way. <laughs> come a long uh, way. I kind of wish, yeah, I kind of wish we had both. See, maybe if the yeah. if Queen of Blood had the pussy zipper, she could have deposited those eggs a lot faster and easier. So, yeah, maybe <laughs> well, that was my question. Was that an outfit? Was that her skin? Her skin just happened to be a fabulous. <laughs> You know, tunic. I don't know what I don't know what was a little dance skin. I don't know what was going on because yeah, whatever. It doesn't matter. It's fabulous. It's all good. But <laughs> but yeah, they get back to Earth, and of course they're like, oh yeah, we found all these. There's a lot of eggs, and they're deadly. And of course, Baz Rathbone's like, great, we'll take care of this. This is the best yeah. thing that's ever happened. What Basically, can possibly deadly, go wrong? Don't worry about it. You've had a long trip. <laughs> What's his response? <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. Where are they? Alive and growing, you say? Extraordinary. I don't think you realize, Doctor. They should be destroyed immediately. Come, come, my boy. You've just returned from an amazing but a very tiring trip. We may destroy them and we may not, but at least we must see what we have. Isn't that right, Laura? I, I think so, Doctor. You brought back something unique and marvelous from another world. You can be very proud. But, Doctor, they're deadly. I appreciate your warning, my boy. We shall take every precaution. Help me, will you, gentlemen? We have some very precious samples to remove from this ship. <laughs> Meanwhile, the chair guy is like doing a kick line in the back, like doing the war. And, and that's <laughs> where line one of the best lines in the movie. It's they're scientists; they know what they're doing, right? Like that. It was just like a de- like that was like the big, <laughs> the big moment. Oh, okay. Yeah, the movie is just anti-science. <laughs> and John Saxon's last line, the last line of this movie, is just so overwrought <laughs> they land on earth they got there with like fumes of gas left and they found all these eggs but you know what they're taking them washing our hands of them he goes forget about it laura come on let's touch earth and feel sunshine on our faces again and while we're out there why don't we get some fucking banana splits this movie brought to you by big banana don't knock until you tried it. <laughs> yes. Okay. So this is a first time voyage for all of you. I hope you did. You yeah. have a good. Did you enjoy it? Did you have a good time? 
since the last one we watched that we never got to record was oh, the yeah. children. Um, I was just like, every all of these recommendations, like you're digging, you're digging some good stuff up in here. I do love the children. Good, <laughs> good. <laughs> yeah, we were supposed to do the children, but I just, I just, yeah, it shit happened. I what I love about that movie is that it's this t- little town, and you've got the band of heroes. But I'm going, we've got the band of heroes, but everybody in Nielsen's town seems to be some sort of swinger. I'm really more interested in everybody, all these other kinky people in this town. Why are we not making this movie about them? Michael was really quiet when I asked if you liked the movie or not. Mm-hmm. I know Michael's a fussy eater <laughs> when it comes to the movie. You're a demanding. You're a demanding critic. And that's no shame. That's no shame. I, <laughs> I am a fussy eater. Um, well, I was going to say about... <laughs> I was going to say about the children, I like that what I got from the children is that don't show your children They'll affection. They'll eat you, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was very... Um, it was like my dad... Um, Boomer, boomer, lot, boomer affection. Especially if they're goths. <laughs> Never do not hug goths. <laughs> but um, what I liked about Queen of, right, exactly. Do not hug the goths. <laughs> yeah, because they all had painted nails. That was yeah. Uh, what I liked about Queen of Blood was that um, I liked that it was like if I feel like m- m- must. Uh, many movies must have pulled from it because it's like the same plot like in every sci-fi movie you see it's like especially that movie alien they pick up an alien they're like this is the greatest discovery ever an alien wrecks wreaks havoc on the ship it's like that's well, every no, movie, ever. movie with so, the alien um, i forget what it was called not just alien but like there was just one... was an alien they were in space yeah <laughs> the name expl- escapes me right now. No, no, clearly, I mean, for a low budget movie, and this guy, um, like he did, he he knew what he was doing. He was this was made for something like thirty eight thousand dollars. Well, no, no, now no factor in inflation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. What? That's almost <laughs> as much as Death Drop. <laughs> Yeah, so this movie was made for nothing, and, and that I think pulling True. the stuff from Russia really pays off. It looks gorgeous. It had, it had some class. It had some um, uh, what gravitas to things. Like everything mm-hmm. in, from the alien side is very very grim looking, and I love it. I like all the Technicolor stuff too. It's it's pretty to look at. Yeah, yeah, I I love the matte paintings. Like when mm-hmm. you would like when we're at the when he was giving the speech at the at fist <laughs> you just see it, you just see the whole arena and with these giant statues over thing over everything which of of course did give it this weird soviet look but it's still gorgeous to look at and then there's wigs and then you know when <laughs> matt pennings and wigs what more do you want from a film so that was queen of blood <laughs> and there's wigs. it's can't yeah. be good fun we're going to be screening it at the drive-in hmm, probably second week in january so keep an eye out on social media for more interesting uh, for more information about that so boys i need it's been a long time since you've been on the show and i have to say in the interim now that death drop gorgeous is finally out there and finally available for people to see the reception that you guys have gotten i'm gushing the the reaction that the people are just opening their arms and loving this movie and seeing what i saw in it and i'm so excited are people gonna get it or not (laughs) the new york times the new york times love this movie am i correct yeah yeah we were on like we were on like a top five list Mm -hmm. (laughs) i was dying when that one came out because there was that other one that came out i think from out magazine was like that was like the top 10 gay films of 2020 oh yeah and you were on there with really heavy hitters yeah 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 <laughs> yeah like ma rainey's black bottom like serious heavyweight sh- shit like drama you know because nobody ever <laughs> pays attention to horror no ever and the fact that you cracked that bitches <laughs> i want to know who's your right. well, priest just like everything in death drop gorgeous we cast the spell <laughs> as it's <laughs> <laughs> the craft <laughs> the evil spell was the friends we made along the way no i'm so <laughs> proud of you guys and i got to say but it really must put pressure on you guys to follow up with the no, second but feature, i think right? we're still oh, yeah. uh, approaching it in a let's like start with a story and like try something a little bit different you know like um there's a little bit of an experimental vibe of this next project as well cool i i i tend to avoid i tried my best to avoid the making of things when people are making their movies. <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, when I see the final product, I don't want to know too much. I don't want to have too much. So all I'm getting 
I'm like, I'm like cold lots beach. of beach and it's cold. cold beach. Yeah. <laughs> lots of parkas, lots of wool. Luckily, a lot of the stuff that we haven't edited yet or filmed yeah. yet is that's kind of like the, the spoiler stuff. So everything out right now is fairly safe lots to see without giving anything away. Okay. <laughs> Can you give us anything about the plot of St. Drogo? Yeah. St. Drogo without spoiling? Like a little, little, little something, something? Mike, I think you should do it. You've written this a million times, or I can do it. <laughs> <laughs> no, give him a pass. Christopher Dalby. Then you can get Mike. No, if you don't. Okay, were you crying? Were you actually crying, Mike? I can't tell. You're so. You're so me, me, I'm me. I'm practicing. Me, I cry a lot <laughs> in St. Drogo, so I have to. I just have to be very sensitive. I'm in character right now, actually. <laughs> Hold on, I'm about to do something artistic. <laughs> me, 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 me. <laughs> exactly. That's like that's what we wanted to do for Saint Drogo. Uh, we wanted to challenge ourselves, because and um, I think we wanted to uh, do something completely different and go in a direction of um, I don't know, something a little darker, a little more atmospheric, um, broodier. Um, and so, yeah, it involves a couple, their relationships aren't, the relationship isn't on the rocks, but they're sort of like in different places in their mm. lives and they want different things. And, <laughs> but they're both kind of not having that conversation. And in, like most gay men who don't, who can't confront um, the problems in their relationship, they try to. What could um, possibly go wrong? Take a vacation <laughs> together. <laughs> and, and so they end up going to P-Town. What could possibly go wrong? Um, so they end up going to P-Town in the off-season, um, and one half of the couple, his motives for going there are a little more, um, he's like, yeah, he um, had a friend who was working in Provincetown in the summer, but he hasn't heard from said friend, and he's getting a little concerned, and he's having these sort of strange um, nightmares about him. So he wants to go there to try to find his friend, but he... Um, presents it to his partner as like, let's get away and like chill out for a little bit. And um, they get there and things kind of unravel from there. I don't want to give too much away. It's kind of our our COVID baby. We wanted to make something that was small crew. We didn't know how long this whole thing was going to last. So we had a very, very tiny crew doing it. So we came up with a very minimal plot, very minimal um, locations, uh, small cast and, um yeah we're about like 75 ish percent done filming um we have a lot of like the big complicated special effects and all that <laughs> stuff coming up so we're trying to hear back from some people right now but um it's it's, a, it's going well and i'd love to give a special credit to uh kevin Bowden, who we kind of we brought a new team member into the monster makeup crew um who has been our uh director of photography and uh the cinematography in the like in saint drogo like uh, it's a really big flex. Like, I think uh, there's a lot more, um, like, Death Drop Gorgeous, we, like, you know, we we made it happen. And <laughs> sometimes things weren't the prettiest, but the storyline yeah. carried it. But uh, this time, I think um, it's it's a really, like, beautifully lush filmed project. Okay, fabulous. And with this whole, since this is a COVID baby, you can have all the time in the world because it's never going to fucking end so at this point, unfortunately. No, I, I have to say hats off to you because you're not doing the same old thing. <laughs> That's brave. That's brave. You could have just done another Death Drive, made a sequel, or just made some variation on the theme. And that's really bold and scary and risky. And that's the mark of a true artist. My hat's off to you. I'm not taking it off because I'm very bald today. <laughs> but it's still gay, so well, our audiences can yeah. rely on that. You went from <laughs> camp to folk horror, so it'll be interesting. <laughs> Wait, what? Ew. That's so, no, no, fabulous. Bring it on. Um, So, boys, before we go, where can people find out more about Monster Makeup Productions and about you and where to get Death Drop Gorgeous if they haven't seen it already, which you should have if you haven't, you're a bastard person, so fix it. Please, please. (laughs) I think absolutely absolutely start by going to our website, um, monstermakeupllc.com. And then um, additionally from there, um, follow us on all social media from Instagram to Twitter to Facebook. Uh, The film is actually um, available iTunes, Amazon, um, anywhere that you can think of that you would want to watch it. You will be able to find Death Drop Gorgeous there. If you go on um, Dark Star's website, Dark Star's our our, um, company that picked this up. They have a whole link tree with all of the um, the, the social media, not not social media platforms, all the rental platforms and uh, streaming platforms that we're on. Sweet. I'll be sure to... Be sure to send that to me and I'll include it in the show notes. 
All right, boys. Thank you so much for joining me this holiday season. I hope you have the happiest of you New Year's. Happy yeah. New Year, guys. Yeah. Happy yeah. New Year. Oh, do we need to do that for your audience, too? We'll do that after we <laughs> <laughs> We'll try that again. So, boys, congratulations on a fabulous year for you, for you and your movie and production company. I hope 2021 is going to be even more fabulous, and I hope some of that fabulous rubs off on the rest of us. I said fabulous a whole lot in one sentence. Fabulous. You know what that is? Fabulous. <laughs> Happy New Year, guys. Happy New Year. Thank Happy you. New Year. And so, my beautiful screamers, that's going to wrap things up for episode 328. Thanks again to Mike, Christopher, and Brandon from Monster Makeup LLC for coming and hanging out in Outer Spoons with me for a while and fighting off that queen of blood. So what's going to be going on here for the next few weeks? I need to let you in on a few things that are not so great, not so sexy. Um, the reason this episode is late is, remember a few years ago I had that pelinodial cyst? Pelinodial cyst? Pelinodial cyst. I don't know how to say it. On my tailbone. Well, it's back. I'm going to have to have surgery on it at the end of the month. It's flared up, and it's causing extreme pain when I sit upright. So sitting and editing is extremely painful. To top that off, the muscles of my back have been compensating for me adjusting for the pain, and now my back muscles are all screwed up too. So just sitting here is extremely painful, so I'm only able to edit in fits and starts. So it's a pain, literally. So bear with me. The surgery is scheduled on Monday the 24th, I think. So hopefully things will be better after that. So there are episodes recorded and ready to go. It's just a question of how am I going to edit them. So bear with me during this difficult time. Also, there's a new addition on the way. Hopefully, I've got the paperwork in place to have a new kitty moving in. So there's going to be lots of hustle and bustle there, too, which is also going to be difficult because I have to clean the apartment, and I can't really do it because I can't move well either. Ha <laughs> ha. Good times. Anyway, hopefully you enjoyed the show, and if you did, hit subscribe. Subscribe to the show on your favorite pod player. And if you want to... If you want to kick off the new year in a really cool way and give the show a cool gift, why don't you write a review somewhere on iTunes or Podchaser or wherever you listen to podcasts. If they have a review option, write an option. Write, write a review for the show. Let me know what you think. I haven't had one in a year. It's crazy. And if you would like to get in touch with me, you can do so on Facebook by doing a search on Scream Queens, where horror gets gay. I'm on Twitter at Scream Queens. I'm on Instagram at Scream Queens Podcast. And if you are a super duper Scream Queens fan, you can become a patron at www.patreon.com slash screenqueens. And for just $5 a month, you can unlock all of our premium content there, including Damn You, Uncle Lewis, our Friday the 13th, the series retrospective podcast. The pain is already creeping in, so I'm going to have to wrap things up right now. So once again, have the happiest new year, the best of health to you all, and never ever forget that Scream Queen's golden rule. Say it with me for the first time in 2022. Fight or flight, survive the night, make it to the final reel. Wear a fucking mask. Wash your fucking hands. Keep your fucking distance. Get the fucking shot. Never forget for one minute how much I love you. Bye. All of the music for tonight's show, unless otherwise specified, has been written by Sam Haynes. You can find all of his music at www.bandcamp.com. Bitches! <laughs> Ew.